That's just how the show starts. That's just how it starts. We make a little, a little noise for everyone. <laughs> Welcome. Some, oh, hold on. Oh. Say that again. Welcome. There we go. <laughs> did you see what happened? I did. Yeah. yeah. All right. Got it. All systems are actually go. All right. That's well, so good. Crazy. Well, yeah. All right. Systems. All right. Hey, welcome. Wait, are you still doing audio? Uh? No, 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 no. Okay. No. I This is like a, I'm like DJ James Kennedy over here. I'm going to be making little adjustments as we go. And of course, we all know who that is, DJ James Kennedy. Yeah, from Vanderpump Rules. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> the, the British boy. Yes, yes. Very annoying, man. I have Very no annoying. idea who you're talking about. Not a Vanderpump oh, guy. You might love it. I don't know if you'd love it. It's pretty special. Yeah. There's there's nothing quite like it. No, I, I believe that. I've that. Seen. Sure. Yeah. Welcome to... This is, this is about a different sort of drama, to, isn't it, this show? <laughs> yeah, it is a different sort. It's not reality show drama. Although, how fun would that be if there was a reality show and it was this fucking weird? This cast of characters? Yeah. Just everything that happens in Twin Peaks, just imagine it through the filter of like a real uh, reality show production. You know? mm. Yeah. Imagine it's, it's uh, Lisa Vanderpump herself who <laughs> thinks she's a Southern Civil War general. Yes. Cut to like Darling, a, we must defeat the Union. <laughs> Very confusing. <laughs> this is and Twin Peaks. It's a Twin Peaks recap show, don't you know? You gotta know by now. Yeah, what, what are you doing here if, if you don't know that? If you came here for Vanderpump content, out there, there's the door. There's the door. <laughs> this is where it ends. Mm. That would be a good name for our podcast. There's the door. Help everyone leave. <laughs> There's the door. <laughs> There's the door. Uh-huh. Um, but no, this is, uh, this is, what's it called when you're like, if your workplace is trying to unionize and your boss makes you, it's like a, it's like a, uh, mm, never mind. There's a term for it where you like have to go to meetings and stuff and they just make you sit and listen to anti-union. Oh talk. yeah. Yeah. Sure. You know what that, you know what I'm talking about with all that? I know that bosses do that. I don't, I don't know that. I didn't know that there was like a term for that process. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's called being a dickhead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're not here to talk about unions or Vanderpump's. I guess we're, t- we're, we're here to talk about gas pumps and the guys who pump and the, the gas and the and, and the men the who union own of this and the union of the Civil War. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, Dan. Hmm. Uh, so now this technically is the beginning of season two C, mm. and 
I got to say, this episode is not for me. I'm going to say that. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling that way. Uh, you know what? You know why they call it season 2C? <laughs> why? Because I want 2C a different thing than what I'm seeing currently. There you go. Yeah. Um, so if you ever hear someone say that, you know now why where that's coming from. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got to say this. It, it, it's definitely one of the weaker episodes uh, that we've watched so far. Um, if not the weakest, I think. Uh, yeah. Way it, too you know much what? James like, stuff. Way too much James. <laughs> A, a storyline that was already like meandering, yeah, and, and impossible to invest in the stakes of. Yes, finally paying off in a who gives a shit sort of climax. <laughs> that that's really the issue here. Is like a bunch of stories that f- felt like they would work better as like single episode sort of arcs. Yeah, um, they're finally concluding, and you're like, "Well, that was a huge waste of time." Yes, um, I think that's uh, you know we talked about the dipping in the show and uh, like the writing and stuff and like the storylines, like the B plot, uh, and that I think is probably the biggest issue. Like we we were saying that like uh, early on, it seemed like. Um, uh, the people within the town were causing like these interactions and that's where all of these uh, storylines and plots were developing within the town. Now with mm-hmm. this, it's a lot of like external things affecting the people that we've already met. Right. Yes. <clears throat> and um, yeah, this episode really feels like, um, I mean, it, sure. it just has, like, very low stakes, the lowest stakes so far. Um, you know, the the stuff with, like, little Nikki, like we were saying last time, like, it has no Wait, last... Wait, Cassius and Adrian's brother? Yeah, that, that okay. little Nikki. Thank you. Just want to make sure. Yeah. Because there could be some confusion. No, no. We mean Cassius and who's the other one? Adrian. Adrian's brother. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, Getting just how flask. fucking... Uh, like inconsequential that storyline ends up being Mm. same thing here with James, you know? Yeah. Same thing with everybody kind of everybody in this episode. Yeah. Even the Ben stuff is like the Ben stuff bugs me because it's Ben stuff is really so unfunny. Yeah. Um, this like, okay. This to me, like this episode, especially it felt like, uh, and, and I guess episodes like leading up to it or whatever, but all of these storylines are so, in quotations, random. And the way that you <laughs> yeah. feel about the log lady and how she is just so random or whatever, I don't see her that way. I see her as like a part of the town, so to speak. But mm-hmm. all of these other storylines, Ben uh, thinking he's General e- Robert E. Lee fucking james donna uh little nikki and andy and what's his flask yeah fucking yeah it's um it's annoying it's annoying that's random to be yes to be yeah like i understand the log lady as like i get it 
No, right? yeah, yeah, I know. But <laughs> I, I she, only I only brought that up as an example. But yeah. yeah, by I mean certainly by comparison, that is like the most grounded, uh, reasonable thing you could ask for. That like you're saying, yeah, this all just feels like. Um, just it, it's all so out of left field. It feels incongruous with everything that's led up to this point. Yeah, and it, like it, the tone is off. Yes. It's all yes. Um, it, it feels, feels like, like weird for weird's sake. One hundred percent. I was gonna say this feels like when um, other com you know comedies of this time would like parody it uh-huh. and just have like you know quote unquote absurd. Things just kind of pop in a frame with no explanation. Right. Which like people trying to do a David Lynch thing or parodying David mm -hmm. Lynch. And then it turns out to be like, it feels like, um, uh, I don't know, like when I had an example and I lost it. It feels like an, it feels like an SNL sketch about twin peaks is really what it feels like. Oh, you know what it feels like? This is what I was, um, so that show community, right? When mm-hmm. Dan Harmon was like the showrunner in the first three seasons. That it, is such, yes. It feels yep. like a very like congealed, concise sort of story being told. And yeah. then in season four, when he, after he was fired, it's like a bunch of people who were like, who watched, like they were trying to recreate the same feeling of the show, but mm-hmm. it just felt off like an uncanny valley kind of thing off you know yep yep it's like yeah there's just like there's no quality control here it's like when a when a chain restaurant is too many look they go from regional to national and just and just fucks them yeah yeah. and like well technically it's it's still called a whopper but yeah i'm never going to baja fresh again oh i'm not i know i don't even think there is a baja fresh anymore there is there is yes whoa yeah, I'm not go. I'm not going there. Well, don't. <laughs> that used to be my favorite thing that Rob. My favorite thing to do used to be to go to the Guitar Center in New Brunswick uh-huh. on Route 18 North, sure, and get Baja Fresh for lunch before or after. Yeah, usually before. Yeah, but ba- sometimes after. Baja Fresh used to be amazing, and now it's just hot garbage. Yeah. It's true. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, this is Antwin Peaks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm here with the Spoon Man, Robbie. <laughs> <and, laughs> uh, all this is to say, show's bad now. We'll see if it stays bad. But currently, Wait, our show or the, the show well, we're talking about? Yes. Our show's always our, been bad. Our show, that's the King Me promise. We, <laughs> we will be bad until the sun burns out. <laughs> that's right. Um, the thing the other thing here is like the i guess the a story with Wyndham earl yeah which that also sucks like there's no there's no juice there i'm so sorry no you're right it again i think by the end of this season it'll um it'll like right now with the whole Wyndham earl thing feels like who is this guy what's happening why are, why do we care about this at all? Mm-hmm. Right? We've only heard stories. We haven't seen him actually do anything. The shit that he does in this episode, it's just like I'm not really scared of this guy. He's just <laughs> that right. <laughs> you know, it, like all the sort of like goofy 
pedestrian, like yeah. street level crime of the first season. Yes. Sta- it, it all revolves around like the like personification of evil sort of sure. lurking in this town. Yeah. Um, and this season obviously doesn't have that. We are mm-hmm. to believe Bob is still around somewhere. We're still seeing owls. Right. But like, there's no, it just doesn't feel like anything is like lurking in the shadows. It's and true. I can tell by how you're responding that something's coming. Oh, but I mean, something is, something's always around the bend. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, by the end of the season, it does get good. And like, especially the last episode of this season is like a fan favorite. It's like one of the best. Damn. But right now it's just as we're in sort of a lull storytelling wise. Yeah. Does the old crew come back for the finale? Yeah. Dave, Mark. They do. They do. Okay. Yeah. Um, Get this thing back on the rails. So we're talking uh, episode 15, season two. Uh, titled Slaves and Masters, directed by Diane Keaton. That You're kidding. Diane me. Keaton. How did I miss that? <laughs> wow. So the worst episode <laughs> of Twin Peaks yeah. to date is directed by old Flood Pants herself. <laughs> yeah. Miss Annie Hall, Diane Miss, Keaton. Miss Floppy Hat Fashion Vest herself. Yep. The old little sunglasses. Yep. <laughs> First Wives Club, Diane Keaton. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the only episode that she directed. Kind of just very strange. That's a very strange move on everybody's part. What else has she directed? Ah, uh, great question. I love to. Was this her first? stab at directing anything or being on a movie set. (laughs) Uh, um, She directed such films as Heaven from 1987. Hey, that rhymes. That does rhyme. Has she directed any other rhymes? Um, Let's see. She's also directed Unstrung Heroes. From 1981. From, yeah, 1970. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. So uh, the, the yeah. answer here is no. She's done very little. Correct. She directed the music video for Heaven is a Place on Earth by Belinda Carlisle. That's weird. <laughs> hey, that's weird. <laughs> hey, that's weird, too. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You remember the part in the video where uh, General Robert E. Lee is riding a, a fake horse? Oh God! Do you want to start with the uh, the Ben Horn stuff? Just fucking like knock it out quick because it doesn't. Again, not much to it. Yeah, I want to get that taste out of my mouth asap. I think right. It's bad. Yeah. Also, don't love its implication with the title. It's just bad stuff. Okay. Oh, sure. I mean, Uh, yes. So um, Dr. Jacoby has devised a method by which to pull Ben Horn out of his delusion of being General Robert E. Lee, who famously helped lose the civil war. (laughs) Excuse me. The war of northern aggression. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, One of history's biggest losers ever. Hmm. 
Robert E. Lee. And the the way I, dear listener, I regret to inform you, regret to inform you that um, the South has risen again. <laughs> I it brings me no joy to tell you this, but that is basically uh, what has to happen to save business slimeball Ben Horn from. <laughs> Uh, a fitting demise. Sure. Um, Cause he is, he's the biggest loser of all time. <laughs> That's yeah. what's happened here. Oh yeah. Um, but basically they have to stage a reenactment of the, of Appomattox. They call it, what does Jacoby call it? Like the, uh, uh, I mean the surrender. What I, I don't remember. He, no. he calls it the, the, he's like, I think we have to enact the Appomattox scenario or oh. something like that. <laughs> that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they do that. Um, yes. Jacoby as general grant. Yeah. Uh, just that's it. They just play act. They just play the act. North surrendering to the South. Then, yes. Then Ben passes out. And when he comes to, it turns into like a Wizard of Oz thing where he goes, I had the strangest dream. Well, yeah, because so uh, Jacoby is pretending to be uh, Grant, General Grant. And you have Audrey, uh, Jerry and Bobby all dressed up in different sort different like Civil War era garb. Yeah. Like Audrey's wearing like a like a big dress, you know? With yeah. The, she's dressed like a Southern bell. Yeah. Like a bell. Yeah. 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 She looks like a bell. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Ring a ding ding. Oh, Oh. So yes. When, when Ben like passes out and then comes to, and he's like, I had the strangest dream and you were there and you were there. And yeah. Just, and it sucks. It sucks so bad. It's also um, Audrey's brother slash Ben's son. Yes, is there? Yeah, what? which just like that sucks. Johnny. Like that. Ca- yeah, Johnny. Like yeah. that. That sucked in season one, and to bring him back for no reason, mm. but to be like a like a hooting simpleton. It just. It's all in such bad taste sure. i'm sorry not 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 even like it it offends my sensibilities in the sense that it's very bad like it's all so unearned and yeah. stupid and not funny at all yeah I, I just i i agree with all of this it's a complete waste of our time <laughs> and i won't belabor it any further yeah so but that's like that's the ben horn storyline here like you know, they bring some of these characters in and then they reenact this uh, moment in history and then it's just sort of over. And you're like, what was the point? Are we just to glean that Ben is such a big baby that he needs he needs like the pacifier of a fake win to just get himself back on track? I mean, maybe. But that's I don't. Of all the ways to do that, <laughs> right? But don't at least don't make it take this long. Well, that again, that is the issue. It's been going on for five episodes now. And you're like, why? And it goes nowhere. And you're like, this is nothing. 
Yeah. Uh. You know what sucks, too, is, like, I felt like it started pretty good before it turned into the Civil War stuff. Sure. And he was just, like, he was, like, obsessed with symmetry and that stuff. Like, we talked about. Like, there's, like, a... There's something real about... Like, there's something that rings true about that. Yeah. And it just... It felt kind of esoteric and strange in the way that the show often is when it's at its best. Sure. And, and then, and yeah. then they were like, what about the civil war? <laughs> what about the civil war? That's, that's kind of it. Like, I don't know. We've said it, we've said it before, but like we are, we are looking at like trouble on a cosmic scale on this show. <laughs> right. <laughs> and for Ben Horn to be some obsessed with something as, small as the American civil war. Yeah. You know, like it, it just like, it doesn't I, these, track. It does not track. It does not track at all. No, especially like the fact that it also feels kind of redundant with the fucking chess thing happening with Earl and Cooper, where it's like, mm. they've got their own little game within a game happening. So it's like, Sure. Why do we need this guy's one-sided delusional game that nobody but him is playing? Well, yeah, I think really I think that um they they didn't know what to do with other people in the town. They had like an idea. They like I imagine that, you know, uh, David Lynch and Mark Frost had this sort of plan as far as like the bigger mythology of Twin Peaks, right? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> Once, uh, you know, the Laura Palmer case is essentially wrapped up, um, you know, you can continue on, you know, with like the Black Lodge and the White Lodge and all that kind of stuff. But you you've introduced a ton of characters in town. And like, what do we do with them? We got to keep them in play, but also not affecting anything to do with you know, the lodges yeah. and Cooper and Wyndham Earl and all that shit. So it's just like, I don't know. Like, I think you said like they took James off the board by like just running him out of town. Right. Same thing with Ben and everybody at the great Northern, you know, uh, same thing with like, I don't know, like they introduced, you know, Dick Tremaine as like, uh, oh, as maybe Lucy's that's the father of Lucy's. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but but now we're like uh, I don't know, I don't know how to feel about Dick Tremaine anymore, and like I know how you feel about Dick. Tremaine. I think he's I think he's aces. Yeah, I know. He's, I mean, he's a fool. I, he's an absolute fool. But he's he's our but, fool, right? He he was set up as Andy's sort of uh, nemesis, you know, gunning for the same girl. Yeah, and then they they team up to to you know investigate this child and it again goes nowhere and you're like why like this it, you didn't have to do right. this like <laughs> right and like i mean talk about selling lucy short right like give her she yeah. has nothing to do that entire time except act exasperated that the two sides of the same stupid coin that she's in love with they're yeah you know like the two possible fathers of her child are also children themselves. Right. Yeah. Yes. And like, I don't know, even stuff like, I mean, there's a lot, it's all, they they love this season. They love setting stuff up and they hate paying it off. Like even the stuff with like, um, what's his name? The mayor's brother's 
uh, yeah, Milford. Yeah. 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 Like the Dougie and yeah, uh, the widow Milford, like, yeah, they set her up as though she's like a witch, like a, and the succubus. And then Dr. Jacoby is like, Oh no, she just has a heightened sex drive in that gorilla grip. It, it's just like, (laughs) and then it's just, she's gone. That's it. Like, it's true. Yeah. I, I just, I don't understand why, like, if you're like for that level of stuff or just like the human sort of stuff, all you, you do have these same characters and like, yeah, the mill is gone, but like, yeah, that creates like, that creates like its own situation. Like stick with that. Right. Like, you know, know. even if we're going to set up that, um, Eckert is back. Yes. You know, have just have Ben sort of like, you know, his star has fallen a bit. So now he's working for Catherine. Like, I I don't know. Sure. Like let Catherine be the big dog, which she kind of is already. So like lean into that and have there be like play on that tension that like continued tension that he wants to like, he wants her power and he's incapable of holding it. We've seen this. Mm. She outmaneuvered Mm -hmm. him and just like, let that be a thing. All the double crossing. That's what makes the first season good. Yeah. You don't, it's the civil war. It's the double crossing. It's the mystery, but that's the thing. But again, like they're, they're kind of grasping at straws with these other characters. Yeah. You know, it's uh, everybody who had like a real, uh, character and point and even with the weird stuff that was going on right it was like oh this is like unusual and uh, bizarre behavior and whatever but i also sort of believe that these characters are like this you know? right and then this whole bit has just been like uh, this it feels forced you're you're forcing me to think uh that ben horn is a, a fucking buffoon yeah and He's and, he's and a, like he is kind of a buffoon. He's not totally a buffoon, but no, the, he's kind of a buffoon. But he's like a uh, he's he tries to be a shrewd business. Exactly. Man. Yes. <laughs> and know. now he like you fully just kind of undressed him and and it's yeah. not it's he's not. Yes, I think he like true Ben Horn thinks he's shrewd yeah. and is actually just like. Um, kind of a brute force guy, right? He just like throws mm-hmm. money at his problems and under yes. like basically uses his power to multiply his power is what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like that's interesting. Sure, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Um, yeah, the, the Ben stuff kind of that sucks. Um, what else here? The uh, we'll get to the James stuff in a little bit, but uh, what else here? Um, I did like, so um, you have Big Ed and Norma finally like, it's, it, it seems like, you know, they finally consummated their uh, renewed relationship, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and they're, they're laying in bed post-coital and just like... It, I this scene I actually really liked a lot. Yeah. It it felt um <clears throat> I don't know. It, it's these two people who have been uh, in love with each other for over twenty years now and couldn't act on it, and now they they finally have. And there's like 
uh, like a sweetness and like a happiness that they're feeling, but also the sense of loss for like the time that they could have spent together. Yep. yep. Right. And like, and, and I also think, something, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, just Ed saying that like, um, you know, he feels bad about all of the presents that he wasn't able to give her and all this kind of yeah. stuff. So it's very sweet. Well, it's interesting too. Cause I do think there's like, I think there's like a, there's like a, part of the loss is like losing the yearning almost where it's like, cause Norma's like, I bought you a present last year. Yeah. And also the reason I ran the diner is so that I wasn't thinking about our, you know, like aborted relationship. Um, right. I buried myself in work. Yeah. Basically. And like, yeah. there, there is a moment where they're like, they're like, now it's, now we have the future. Like instead of the past, we have the future. And they both seem like right. a little afraid of that. Ed, especially totally. like there's like a look he has after forget exactly what Norma's line is, but he just like, he gives a look and yes, you know, it's not, it's not quite the, uh, you know, the graduate right, but, like last shot yes. or anything like that. But it is like, <laughs> it is that same sort of, it's like exciting and scary, you know? Yeah. It's not, yeah, yeah. it's not like, Oh no, what have we done? Scary. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's, you know, the same kind of fear that, uh, the future just has in general. Yes. Um, and then Nadine comes home and Norma like goes to like jump up and grab her clothes and all that stuff. And Ed's like, no, no, we uh, we got to tell her sooner or later, and now's a good as good a time as any, or yeah. whatever, right? So they're both laying in bed post coital. Uh, Norma is in a bra. Uh, Ed is not wearing a shirt. Nadine comes in, uh, rips the door straight off the hinges, mm. and uh, she climbs into bed with them and starts talking about like. Uh, well, she's talking about school. She's complaining because um, she got second place in the wrestling tournament. She said yeah. she didn't know that. What is it like the airplane throw was like? It's something that's like, yeah, it sounds like an airplane slam airplane. Whatever, yeah, just yeah. like something that's obviously like a pro wrestling <laughs> kind of. <laughs> right. She's like, I didn't know it was illegal. So I only got second place. Then she like she like huffs, gets out of bed. Also, by the way. Yes. The move where she like hands the trophy to Ed and then Ed hands it to Norma and Norma just like <laughs> looks at it and gives it. That was very funny. I thought it was very funny. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, this stuff. I love this stuff. You know, I love Ed and Norma. They're of course they're my. I'm 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 pulling for them, and obviously something terrible will happen. But um, <laughs> they, I like them. I like their stuff. I like for as even as as cartoonish as the Nadine situation is. Yeah. Um, it's still funny to me when she goes to open a door and it just comes off the hinges entirely. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, that's funny. Cause she, she doesn't even rip it off. It's just like the force with which she opens, it takes it off the hinges. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just takes it yeah. off. Yeah. Um, that's all good. And yeah, anyway, Nadine gets out of the bed and she's like, by the way, I know there's something going on with you too. <laughs> After laying in bed with them for three minutes. Um, yeah, yeah. She's like, she's like, and that's okay because it makes me feel less guilty about right. uh, Mike. And right. And Ed's like, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yep. Yeah. So um, it's all good. 
she's like, you guys do your thing. I'm going to go into the not too distant future next Sunday. Yeah. AD. I'm going to bag me a Mike Nelson. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. This stuff is, I mean, it holds emotional weight. That's why it works. I think nothing else that we've talked about really has any emotional. Yeah. weight. But like the Ed and Norma stuff, you're like, you know, you're really pulling for them to, to make it work. Yeah. Yep. And and then Nadine comes in and she's got like the weirdest thing going on. She's this cartoon character now, but then she's like, you know what? It's cool that you guys are doing this. I'm, uh, you know, I am actually in love with Mike Nelson, uh, Crow T Robot, and Tom Servo. <laughs> all and three of them. Wow. All yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, a quadruple <laughs> thing going on. <laughs> I'm in a polycule with the Mystery Science Theater puppets. <laughs> yes, and Gypsy, the big garbage and- can one. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I think. Uh, this stuff I like it is you know the Nadine stuff is definitely silly but you know the Ed and Norma stuff is very grounded which makes it yeah and I just like I mean not to give the Ben story any credit I'm not doing that I want to be very I'm not I'm not gonna don't but like the like the Ben story if, if anything lends some sort of credibility to what's going on over there in the main mm-hmm. office at the, at the hotel, um, it's yeah. that Ben is also sort of like in a holding pattern because of like his circumstances, right? That's what Ed and that's sure. what's up with Ed and Norma. That's what's so good about it. That's what makes it feel like, oh, like grounded in real is like, that's like a real thing that happens to people is like, you just like you get in a situation and you stay in it. And then it just like sort of entrenches you, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's like, that's kind of what it feels like is happening. And like Nate, basically like even like, you know, Nadine going into the coma or whatever and coming out in this, that's just like a heightening of where things were at, originally, which is that she's like totally dependent on Ed. She has like no emotional life outside of him. And Mm -hmm. it feels like in uh, this freaky deaky sort of way, maybe she's breaking out of that or at least transferring on to somebody else. So Ed can go live his life. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. And like, at the heart of it, it still feels like there's even with Nadine, it feels like there's something like real and identifiable as human. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh you want to talk about Josie a little bit here? Um yeah, you want to rev up the motor scooters? <laughs> the motor scooters. Yeah. It's, it's that song. What oh which which song? Uh, the song Josie. By Blink-182? No, no, no. I don't know that song. Oh. Um, different Josie. Different Josie. Steely Dan. <laughs> oh, you and your Steely I Dan. This- Just because your name is Dan doesn't mean you have to love Steely no, Dan. I like it because I love um, dildos and smooth jazz. <laughs> right? That's what a Steely Dan is? It's like a big A Steely dildo. Dan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so what's going on with Josie? Uh, fucking, 
Well, we have uh, what's his name? Oh God, I forgot everybody's name. Hold on, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> yeah, every oh, so Thomas Eckerd, right? All of this stuff with Thomas Eckerd, um, you know, they uh, last was it last week when they asked Josie about the death of that guy Jonathan? Um, Who are oh, no? That's this week. Oh, Trooper, Trooper. Yeah, Trooper, our Cooper Truman. Uh, they yes, so they right. They find out about Jonathan, uh, the guy who was tasked with bringing Josie back to Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. About uh, they asked Josie about his death. I'm starting to think he wasn't really her cousin, like he said. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> he told, but he told Truman he was. Can't lie about yeah. that. Um, they're they're also at the Martell house when they're asking her these questions, mm-hmm. right? And um. You know, she's saying that, you know, she had nothing to do with it. She had no idea. Um, she just saw an opportunity to get away, and she did. Um, so they're there, and Cooper, he gets up. He wants more coffee, so he goes to the kitchen. Just then, Pete walks in with all of Josie's dry cleaning, um, just an armful of stuff, different accoutrements. Mm. And uh, uh, he puts it down. He says, Long like, story uh, about the... Turkish yeah. or Romanian, I forget. Yeah. Um, person from elsewhere who runs the dry cleaning shop. Yes, like, doesn't speak a word of English. Yeah, it took me 20 minutes to explain her what I needed. Uh, yeah. yeah. So we, the, uh, I, I mean, just everything is dragging in this. Every, yeah. Man, even that. So. And, you know what? You know how I feel yeah. about Pete. I feel great about him. We love, we love Pete. Pete we love Pete. Um, so the phone rings. Pete goes to answer it. He puts down the dry cleaning. Uh, Cooper takes this opportunity to um, take like a, a piece of a fabric or a little like fibers of, off of one of the coats mm-hmm. and uh, put it in an evidence bag and to be tested later. Also grabs gloves, a pair of gloves. He does take the gloves. Yes. What? makes him think to do this it's not really clear is it 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 is not um i i was thinking the same thing i'm not sure what made him do this it's just i'm maybe it was something maybe i missed something and there was a line of dialogue where he's like i'm gonna try and collect evidence (laughs) but like yeah um so yeah um Well, yeah, Pete went to answer the phone, but Josie answers the phone, and it's Thomas Packard and... Eckerd. Or not Thomas, Eckerd, Eckerd. uh, Josie Packard, Thomas Eckerd. And, yeah, he's just like, oh, well, I'm back in town, and, you know, all this kind of shit. And Josie is, you know, a little distressed by this. Catherine is also listening on the other phone line. Uh, She just, like... You could do that. You used to be able to do that. It's just eavesdrop on a on a call by having one other phone in the it house. Was a better time. Yeah, <laughs> it was a better time. Uh, yeah. I. How about the reveal when Thomas Eckert takes off his sunglasses that he looks like he has pink eye? Did you notice that? Oh he my really, god! Yeah, that one. He eye. was in rough shape. That one eye was fucked. It was so up. fucked up. And then in the next shot, he's yeah. completely fine. Yeah. yeah. Said you know a little pink yeah. eye. <laughs> He's a little pink guy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, 
Yeah, well, Catherine interrupts a call and uh, welcomes Eckerd to Twin Peaks. Like, she makes her presence known on the on the phone line, <laughs> and she's yeah, she's truly the grand dame of Twin Peaks. Love her, yeah. Love her. Uh, whole deal. Later on, uh, Catherine and Thomas Eckerd have dinner, and um, you know they're talking about uh, Eckerd's rivalry with. Um, Catherine's brother Andrew, Andrew. Mm-hmm. and Eckerd's like, yeah, I I was planning on killing him because he was getting too close to Josie, and you know Tom Eckerd is like, uh, you know, he wanted to keep Josie for himself, all of this kind of stuff, and that's you know, we already kind of knew that yeah. we knew that like Eckerd was planning on killing him, and the reason that he faked his own death was because. <laughs> uh, he knew that there was a plot against yeah. him. Um, uh, so this whole situation resolves with uh, Catherine basically being like, well, what would it be worth to you to get Josie back? Cause right now she's mm. my property. I decided. Right. Um, and basically they like make a deal for her. Uh, right. Like a, to transfer ownership of the human woman from mm-hmm. Catherine to Thomas. Um, not before we get that really, man, I mean, we're talking about like the sort of like fetishy stuff going on with Josie in like the first season and, you know, leading up to this point, it is getting, Uh it it is getting, it's getting out of control way the fuck out of control with her and Audrey too. Like, I feel like Audrey keeps getting put in weird situations. Like it seemed like Jerry was trying to fuck her in the, like, Remember when she's like, Jerry's like, well, I could take over the business. And do you remember that conversation? Yeah. Yeah. I I took that as him, like trying to angle for more money or something. Yeah. He's just like the way he's like touching her. It's weird. And then putting her in the Southern bell costume. It all just feels very unsavory untoward. Yeah. I I can see that. Anyway. Yeah. The, the Josie stuff though, that is like the most, that is so egregious like the shot of that close-up shot of her hand with Catherine being like look at her long slender fingers or whatever the fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. and I know the point is to like you know make Eckert powerless to say no to this deal right like showing but you know in showing off the merchandise you are showing off the merchandise that's just (laughs) right in showing off the merchandise you are showing off another person that you are considering merchandise and at this point the the quality (laughs) is dipped so much that you don't get the sense that they're like this is gross right (laughs) they're they're just like (laughs) yeah look at this look at this beautiful woman's hand yeah um, Dan, I think that's a good time for us to take a little break. Yeah, you, it looks like you have some uh, wet nursing to do. <laughs> your cat just jumped into your lap. <laughs> she loves to podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Who could blame her? It's a wonder. It's yeah. a wonderful time. And if you <laughs> wait, uh, I told you Emma came over. She was like, I think Beansy looks like Anya Taylor Joy. Totally. <laughs> Oh my god. The, the eyes are so yeah, far they apart. They really are. That beansy is prey. <laughs> She's pure prey. All she right, is. we're going to take a little break. If uh, if you want to reconvene with us, you can find us over at patreon.com/ 
King Me Pod. We got one tier. It's a $5 tier. Get you access to all these Twin Peaks episodes and our other bonus content. Get sign up for a seven day free trial. Take mm. it for a spin. Exploit mm-hmm. us. Unsubscribe before it hits your card. Day six. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Day six, hour 23, minute 59. Right. Do it. Right right up until the last yeah. second. You're trying to just wring every um, bit of it dry. I gotta, I gotta know what they think about the Super Mario Brothers movie from 1993 or whatever. <laughs> and how they connect Blue Velvet to <laughs> it. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that's it, right? Yep. yep. All right. It- we'll be... Never mind. We'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs>